Hey guys, it's me, Bridget B, and welcome to the Dirty Blonde. We are going to tackle quite the show this week because I had a lot of free time on my hands. That's just what happens when you get plastic surgery done. Which, by the way, if you want to have a sneak peek and check out my adventures going to Istanbul, Turkey, it's on the YouTube, on the Dirty Blonde YouTube, which all the links are always in every show description. So, here I am getting yet another job done. I mean, when is it over? Honestly. When will it be over? Who knows? But it does give me a lot of free time. It gives me a chance to recover, recoup. I get on my OnlyFans. Thank God it keeps me busy because I can just be talking to you guys, which is so much fun. You guys keep me so well in good company and I really appreciate it. And we have so much fun over there. But here, it gives me a chance to do my research, which you do know we tackle not only sex topics, but a lot of things that are going on in society and culture that have to do with sex. Because if there's one thing you've noticed, sex is everywhere. And as I was doing my research and as things were popping up in my feeds, I noticed a trend. And it's something that as a 30 something year old woman (laughs) if it wasn't because I had the extra time in my hands I never would have noticed it's just not something that's in my uh orbit of what I look for on a daily basis on my phone every generation has its thing and with this particular trend it made me kind of scratch my head and if I had balls I probably would have scratched my balls too (laughs) but it just made me go like hmm this is worth investigating and this is worth digging in a little bit deeper ladies and gentlemen the TikTok boys someone had to say it someone had to do it and that bitch is gonna be me so wrap yourself wrap yourself grab yourself a drink. You're going to need it. And let's dive into the world of TikTok. So Bridget, what's the trend that you noticed? Like, what is it that you saw? What stood out to you? There's not so much a particular thing that stood out. It was more of a package deal. And the package deal is what made me question a lot of things, but let's go from the beginning. So I'm scrolling through, you know, I'm high as a kite. Uh, My nose is not feeling well. I'm exhausted. And I just got done through massive surgery and I'm just laying there I have no use for my vibrator. I was just not having it. So I'm scrolling on Instagram. And then as I'm scrolling on Instagram, there is this genre of 
particular attributes that younger males all had in common. So curly, moppy hair, very Justin Timberlake, circa, you know, early 2000s. Bye, bye, bye. (laughs) It's like, I actually thought a few of them were JT having a midlife crisis. Uh, Young looking in terms of no hair on their chest, you know, kind of buff, not really, but you can, you can tell they were just borderline uncomfortable for me to be looking at. And they were just staring into the camera and kind of making love to the camera, I guess, by re like, I think TikTok makes the best way to describe it is just redoing the word. So the music comes on and, you know, you, you lip sync it. That's just the best way for me to describe it. And if you're not familiar with it, but this is because of what I saw on Instagram. So on Instagram, it's a lot easier for someone who's not a part of that social media culture to, in a blink of an eye, in one second, just get an entire grasp on the situation because you see all of the photos. So as I'm looking at all the photos, I'm like, is there a boy convention happening? Like, is Lou Pearlman back in Orlando doing a casting? Like, that's all that was going through my head. And then as you keep going further and you start reading the comments and you start seeing that, oh, these are TikTok boys. Okay, Bridget, let's dig in further. So I keep going further and these motherfuckers are making like $5 million a post. (gasps) Okay, now this is where I back it up a little bit and I'm like, so a guy standing in his shower making really on cringeworthy type of, you know, smooching to the camera for less than 15 seconds is making more money than let's say the president of the United States. Which at this point could, I'm not even going to go there. So culture and society has really developed within my opinion, very recently into a digital era that is very different from what I'm used to. But the thing is, is that when I say that out loud, you'd think I was born in, you know, the 1960s or the 50s, you know, like, well, back in my day. No, this was just last year. (laughs) I, I didn't have TikTok boys in my aura, you know, in my orbit of Instagram, even so much last year. And I think what happened in 2020 is that we just had so much fucking time on our hands that things that probably wouldn't have had a chance to have a place in society got a motherfucking place because there was nothing else to do. 
So this world of TikTok, man, I tell you, within a year or two, like that. Can I do that better? There you go. <laughs> like a sorority girl in college, that shit just opened up for business real quick. <laughs> and I'm one of them, trust me. And that is going to be a whole nother episode of my college days. But anyway, I digress. So here I am doing my research and then let's go back to the basics. This is what we love to do here on Dirty Blonde. When I don't know something and I don't, I do not pretend to know it all. I like to go in and, you know, dig a little ever so deeper. So how, how did TikTok start? When you're in my age range, it's a little bit more difficult to grasp what something like this is about. Like, why can something like this be so popular? I come from a generation of hard work, um, especially in within the porn industry. In order for you to be a porn star, and I've said this in previous episodes, I really consider Jenna Jameson, Janine, Asia Carrera, Ron Jeremy, truly the last of the real porn star because they were able to have a presence in social and not social in um, mainstream media with outlets like Howard Stern and Cinemax, you know, those Cinemax movies we we love so much. Shout out to all my movies. <laughs> so with my age range and, you know, a woman in her happy 30s, that generation of adult industry really ceased to exist with them. Then as we developed more, and I'll say maybe about 10, 12 years ago, which was still before my time, you had Jesse Jane. um, uh, Oh my God, I forgot her name. She had the red hair. Uh, Fuck, what is her name? Hold Tara Patrick. You see, this is this is this goes to show you that you are getting raw and real. <laughs> Tara Patrick, love her. She is dynamite. I'm gonna give you a little side note. Uh, it's t- a total digression from the topic today. Is that a word? Digression. But um, my. Uh, a really cool moment I had with Tara Patrick was at an Exotica exhibit, sort of like it's an AVN, but at a smaller scale. And it was like a couple of years ago, like maybe three or four years ago. And it was in Miami and I was, or Chicago. No, I think it was Miami. And I was at a booth with uh, Bad Dragon. They invited me. I was signing. And this was kind of me finally after years of working, being invited <laughs> to events. Uh, it's, like I said, it's, it's been hard work, ladies and gentlemen, from the beginning. So as I'm sitting there, I look to my left and there was 
Tara Patrick. And I looked to my right and there was Lisa Ann. And I was fucking in between them. And it's one of those career moments where I looked around, not to toot my own horn, but my line was so long. It was maybe because I speak Spanish. So, you know, Miami being Miami, I'm not saying that I was more popular by any means, but it's just one of those moments where you're like, holy shit, is this really happening? And it, she was really nice. She was so sweet. And she's like, I, I seen your work, you know, and I'm like, oh my God. So for an adult, I had to tell that story because it's just really cool. So as an adult performer to have a generation before me of the true porn star, you know, come up to me and, you know, and be, and for me to be a sandwich in between them at a convention was just super surreal. It was awesome. So anyway, so, so with that, with Tara Patrick, and then there's Stolia, and then there's, um, that one girl that, uh, Sunny Leone, who's in Bollywood, So there's these little clusters of what I feel to be the last remaining porn stars, which is why in the very first episode of this podcast, I mentioned I hate the word porn star because I am humble enough to realize there's a lot of, there's just a lot of aspects that create a porn star. And for me, my generation just just is on the edge of it. And I mean on the very tip of it. In my generation, we have Phoenix Marie, Angela White, Asa Akira, Riley Reed, uh, Mia Malkova, Stormy Daniels. Stormy is a little bit older than, my, than myself. And we have Caden Cross. So it's like, you notice as a porn connoisseur, you know exactly when your favorite female performer comes up on the website, you know what year she filmed that at. (laughs) Because social media gave us that extra boost of um, like, you know, they were just at your grasp. The development of this digital era made performers just a little bit more accessible, which is why, you know, porn star to me is so, is such a beautiful word because the whole um, mystique, the way they would walk and talk and just, ooh, sex. When Jenna Jameson would go on Howard Stern, that bitch was a porn star. Like, she, she, she smelled it. She embodied it. She just, everything about her was sex. Fast forward to this generation and future generations that are to come, the aspect of what that is changes. So what does that have to do with TikTok? Because obviously when about 60%, and this is all from my own personal research, at the time of this podcast, 60% of 
in the USA of those that are on the app are between the ages of 16 and 24. Now that's really young. So already we cut out the sex part. Obviously you're not 18 and over. If you're not 18 and over, one has nothing to do with the other, which is why when people hate on OnlyFans, it makes me boil. Like it, it may, I just want to like chop their dick off or punch them in the vagina <laughs> because a platform like Pornhub or like, well, not Pornhub because that's free. Anything that's not free, basically. So if you have to pay for porn, OnlyFans is not just a porn site. You can be a chef and you can be on OnlyFans. It's just a platform of collecting money for your artistic services. Great. Everyone deserves to be paid for what they do. If, you know, if you're being entertained or if you're learning something, of course. So when OnlyFans came to the scene, it was so wonderful because now you had a controlled area where with a credit card, and I'm assuming, you know, you have to assume you're 18 and over, you are a consenting adult and you can go and play in a playground as every adult should. So when people are like, oh, fuck OnlyFans, or if they have something, I'm like, no, it's keeping things that should be left for adults for adults. A person who is younger, who is more in the TikTok era, you know, more in the TikTok community, has no reason to be on OnlyFans, obviously, if they're under 18 years old. So now this all comes together because when TikTok launched in September of 2016, can you guys believe that? I mean, within 2016 and 2017, this app was launched pretty much from another named app in China. And within the space of the first year, and it was under another name, it had over a hundred million users just like that. That's incredible. Wow, guys. Within a year, which is why when I mentioned earlier in the show, TikTok, boys, TikTok generation, TikTok this and that wasn't in my in my circle of thought or anything. And it wasn't something that popped up on my Instagram so freely because I'm busy fucking working. <laughs> you know what I mean? Someone of my age group, uh, isn't busy on these platforms. So as the pandemic hits, now you have more and more people aware which now leads to a generation, a digitally creative generation of boys who have no standout talent whatsoever, being millionaires. I mean, if you're driving and you're going to work 
you know, you're going to your nine to five. I mean, fuck, even, even I think about this cause I'm, I'm an entertainer and I know that no matter, you know, at what age, this is what I was meant to do. It, it my soul is full. I am thrilled to create. I love interacting with the fans. It's just my world as a performer. I'm so blessed. And it's something that I love waking up to do every single day. So if that is what I'm meant to do, awesome. And that's because of, that's a lot of work though. It's a one fucking woman circus. So when I say that, if you're driving to work and you're behind a desk and you don't want to be there today, well, scroll through an Instagram, scroll through a TikTok, and that 17, 18, 19, 21-year-old boy who's in the top of the TikTok creators is making millions. So this the same culture that is being held responsible for a lot of its nuances, you know, for a lot of these digitally creative new outlets are the same ones cramming these damn images down our throats, right? Because why is that? Because if it's, it's, if I don't, you know, follow anyone on TikTok, why is this being on my Instagram feed? It's because all of these social medias are sure enough working with each other. Your followers on TikTok, on TikTok could possibly not be your same followers on Instagram. But once you start to cross promote, such as Instagram with OnlyFans, now you're opening up the world to another train of thought. Are you following me here? So if I'm saying that OnlyFans has been a great asset to the adult community because we are able to be a source of a solution and not a problem to an issue worldwide about children and about sex and about where things should lay in terms of um, the responsibility that parents have to not let the internet be your child's babysitter. It is not my job, and I've said this a million times, it is not my job, and it's not your job. As an adult, as a consenting adult who enjoys porn, to have to, you know, creep around and feel, ooh, this is taboo, I shouldn't be watching this. Fuck no. You're in your 30s and you're paying your taxes. You have every right to to look at whatever big black cock you want to look at. <laughs> I mean, hello, bang bros. So with that being said, if you take that context into social media where it is a free platform, where 60% of those on the app are between the ages of 16 and 24. Why is it that this generation is being pushed to this look, to this sort of TikTok boy that if a real woman 
sat on his face, he would not even know what to do. What? And I'll tell you why. Around the year 2018, which, you know, wasn't that long ago, the name TikTok is when it became and started its global expansion. It, Like I said, it started with another name. I'm not even going to try to repeat it because it's, it's Asian. I, I don't have the accents. You know what I mean? So just Google it. <laughs> so it, with all of that, within the last two years, which is, it, I mean, the last two years flew by. We all know that. This particular app hasn't had any smooth sailing. It, it actually, between the censorship and its own security issues, it's definitely had some bad press. It, the promoting of some dangerous challenges to full-out censoring, and I mean, what else is new? You put a chick on TikTok with her boobs out, like in a bikini, and she gets smacked down if she's an adult performer. I mean, a bikini. That's it. If you were at the beach, you'd see the very same thing. The censorship is quite apparent on TikTok. But what does that mean for the TikTok boy? Well, you know, they're not exactly out there with their wangs out. You know, they don't have their dicks out or anything. But what they are creating is... This whole new generation of what they aspire to be with. So let's say in the 80s, if you were, you know, I I wasn't privy to, obviously I wasn't old enough, but, you know, I'm sure my mom, you know, she probably would have been throwing her panties at, David Bowie, right? Or the guy from Queen, you know, or not so much Boy George. Uh, Lionel Richie, Michael Jackson, right? In the 90s, probably you would have thrown your panties at New Kids on the Block. Well, that's when I knew who they were. (laughs) Apparently, I was really late to the game. So in the 90s, you, you would have, you know, had your team beat, your whatever, and it would have been like Jonathan Taylor Thomas, right, from Home Improvement. I remember that name. Doogie Hauser, I guess. <laughs> Probably not the best examples, but, you know, this, we're, we're working our way to my point. In the 2000s, you had the boy bands, right? Baxter Boys and Sync. And somewhere in there, you throw in men like The Rock or, um, you know, nowadays, maybe John Cena. Was Hulk Hogan ever a stud muffin? <laughs> I'll have to research that one. So, so, so the media that was available and accessible to us prior to the digital era that we're in now really 
sort of paved the way and molded what it is that we found attractive or what it is that we found to be uh, something that we aspire to date or aspire to hook up with. For And porn is a perfect example. It, you know, if you were around in the Jenna Jameson era, your idea of a sexy, sexually fulfilling woman was probably blonde with big tits. More recently, you have very much the girl next door. And it's not something that I noticed in the Howard Stern days, because we all know Howard Stern loved certain types. (laughs) Shout out Pamela Anderson, my muse forever. But the what's available to us now because of Pornhub and you know Red X or and all the websites you you have access to different types of women that you might not have thought was attractive before but because it's being crammed down your throat by the updates on the porn site such as and I always use her as an example cuz she she always pops up in my head, the Riley Reeds of the industry who are the complete polar opposite of myself. You know, they're the girl next door, they're uh, com- brunette, complete spinners, something that I'm, my ass is just way too big to ever do. <laughs> but hey, great. As a, as a consenting porn paying adult, you have every right and every chance to be entertained by something other than possibly the norm. And it hopefully inspires and awakens and spices up your sex life. Awesome. But if you take that same context into where we are now, say 2021, and if we have this creative platform with over 100 million users of impressionable youth, impressionable younger youth, this is where I start to view things a little bit differently. As one goes back into the TikTok archives, the ever recently controversial Little Nas X, right? Uploaded Old Town Road. Old Town Road, which was really just a meme, all of a sudden went viral. And then it was taken on by Billy Ray Cyrus, which then went on to turn it into a Billboard Hot 100, taking down Mariah Carey and the likes. Very, um, you know, solid performers, you know, who've been around the game and who I would pay money to go see. So that right there shows you the power that some platforms have over this generation. There was a quote that really stood out to me in an article in Teen Vogue. It read, quote, it's so much cooler 
hold on. Let me do it with the accent, okay? <clears throat> meow, meow, meow. It's like so much cooler than other apps, and it helps out with Generation Z as they're growing up. They're like not going to be so close-minded. End quote. That's Teen Vogue. Why did that stand out for me? I'm sure it's not easy to ask who is the most famous TikToker, right? It's like asking the same question in porn. It depends on your genre. It depends on the purpose of what you're watching. So if we take that quote and we take as to why little Nas became viral as part of the beginnings of this generation of digital era. And then it leads to the situation that we just got out of, which was a very controversial marketing scheme. We're just going to call it that way. It becomes a problem. I mean, listen, we are no stranger to groups wanting to define themselves. I myself, I will raise my hand. I tried everything from being an emo girl to grunge to, of course, slut. Duh. (laughs) Name a style. And I tried it because I was desperately, (sighs) desperately trying to fit in. And I'm sure if you're listening to this right now and you're in this age group, you really know what I'm talking about. You know, sitting in your high school cafeteria and not having any friends or being in recess and being that awkward kid, that was me. And it was really a hard time. And I thank God I didn't have social media back then. Oh my God, I'm so happy. So trust me, this isn't judgment. This is for entertainment purposes only. (laughs) So when you're in your 30s like I am, And the internet becomes this helpful tool for you to understand just what the fuck is going on out there when someone like me tends to Google and then the phrase TikTok boy gets Googled, which by the way, when I did that, I I was like looking all over the place thinking someone was going to knock on my door. I'm like, because it's that uncomfortable to look at. I was like, am I doing the wrong thing? Should I not be Googling TikTok boy? (laughs) So when I was Googling it and a bunch of pictures just come up of these younger looking moppy shirtless, you know, stunting into the camera, lip syncing for their lives (laughs) while biting their lips pops up. And I'm and I was desperately trying to find some talent in the mix. You know me, I'm a positive bitch and I was really trying to find some something in there. I'm like, okay, let's see. Maybe one of them knows how to build a house. Maybe he'll. Maybe one of these uh, TikTokers is going to show us how to hunt. Maybe they can build a car, or maybe I don't know, catch a fish and teach their fans how to cook it. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> I looked, I looked, and I fucking looked, and I saw nothing. No talent, no to speak of. I mean, I'm sure you can sing and dance, whatever. But when I look, and this is where 
the old fashioned in me comes through. And if you've been a fan of mine since the beginning of my career, I've stood very strongly on my desires and men. I really appreciate a good, hard working man, you know, just a man, a man that wakes up, fucking goes to work, gets his fingers dirty, provides for his family, knows how to fish, knows how to hunt, has sweat dripping down from, you know, from working out outside or being in the water or, you know, surfing and being one with nature. Like there's so many aspects of being a a real man that a woman like me appreciates. And I'm not the only one. Hello, have you heard of dad bods? (laughs) A lot of female adult performers, if you ask them, will tell you that secretly they don't want that guy that's 12 packed, always at the, because it, it's a, it's a true manly attribute. And that's because that's what we were raised on. I really think that when not having the TikTok and Instagram and everything and having just old school, you know, TV shows and actually conversating with people and actually going out into the world and having conversations you saw what attributes you enjoyed and what attributes you wanted in someone to be a partner with. In the episode of, I believe it was, um, it's definitely season two, but I think it was episode six where I talked about little dick (laughs) and just the phenomena of all those little dick jokes. This society has a very strong case against making men feel a little less self-esteem. You guys have to go through a lot. I get it. You can't put on makeup and hide this. You can't do that and hide that. To be a real man nowadays, I, you know, round of applause. I know you all don't get enough credit, but trust me, there's bad bitches like me who see it, who love it, who thinks it's hot as fuck, and you are appreciated. So with that being said, I feel that in order to truly succeed, one must be sort of in a five-dimensional reality. You... I I read this in in a wonderful business book and it said that for business life, being 5D was, is truly being open to thinking how your move today will affect the outcome, not tomorrow, not even next week, but years in advance. It's like, it's a wonderful, the art of the deal, the, the art of the game. It's like a really, life is like chess. It, In order to succeed, in my humble opinion, one really needs to grasp that concept quick because it goes by so fast. And there's so many technologically advanced uh, people, (laughs) you know, running the world nowadays that we have to think of the future. 
Why would I say that? Why? Bridget, you're just a fucking porn star with tits, right? You're just a blonde with big tits. Why the fuck do you care about five-dimensional and thinking about the future? Well, because call me dumb, but I live in this world. <laughs> I, I live here. I hope to one day bear my own children, you know, yep, one day I hope to have a family and really be a real MILF, not just play one on TV. <laughs> and what is happening now in the world around me when I, when I stop and look, as we all do, as we all should, we notice that there is a footprint being left. There is a footprint being started. And life isn't just you're born and you die. There is an entire journey in between there. And the media, social media, radio, TV, everything is part of that journey. So when my research leads me to wonder where the real men are for the role models of our future generations, that's when I start to go, oh, fuck. Is this what my potential future daughter is going to want to date? A guy with curly hair who doesn't know his left nut from his right. And his ego is bigger because obviously, you know, social media feeds into egos. It's just a fact. And this is where, why I sit, think about it. And this is why I decide to share this with my dirty blonde fam, because I can't be the only one thinking this. And is it concerning? No, not at all. It's, it's fascinating. And if more of us, because like I mentioned earlier, things just happen so fast and there's just so much information available to so much of us and, you know, different platforms that different apps. And when you have women, I can't even call them women. They are 16, 17 year old, uh, Charlie D'Amelio and her sister. They have a combined net worth of seven to $10 million for doing nothing. (laughs) Am I jealous? Absolutely. (laughs) I'm not even going to lie. You and I both know we're both, we're all jealous. But I, I just sit and I'm like, I'm asking you guys, how do you feel about a potential generation leading and paving the way for when a procreation happens, you know, in terms of when a man and a woman get together and have babies, is this what we have to look forward to? I mean, have we not seen Hunger Games? (laughs) If you can't survive on your own and if you can't provide for your own micro family, that is where issues start arising because you start to depend on others, aka government, aka, you know, people who don't give a fuck about you. So when I say that, the way I lead my life and as a porn star 
to have made it this far in the game, not only am I grateful, but it's always because I thought 10 steps ahead. And this is where I'm at now, which is why the TikTok boys is so fascinating to me because I feel it's a footprint that's starting to happen that hopefully if more people of my generation, of my age group who are having kids are aware of, I know that if I have a boy, the way I want him raised is not the same as you or, you know, the person behind you, but I'll be damned if he is going to be looking at a camera, lip singing in the shower, a song from, I don't even know who's even popular. Little Nas, I don't even know. Whatever song. (laughs) If that is what he does at, you know, 18, 19 years old, and he's not in fucking school trying to become a better man or in the military, that shit's not going to be my son. It's just not. And I, I really want to inspire conversation and it's not right or wrong, but that's what I'm here for. You know, I open up sort of myself and I share it with you guys. And it's definitely something to think about. And it's, you know, if I wouldn't have had my nose job, I wouldn't have given a fuck. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, guys, and this is how we're going to end the show. This whole TikTok boy generation might be, you know, cringeworthy and borderline uncomfortable, but they are still always going to be cooler than I ever was in fucking high school. And that is a fact. (laughs) So thank you so much for listening. And stay tuned next week for brand new everything, brand new episode, brand new YouTube, and love you. Have a very, very sexy weekend. Bye. Time's been moving slowly, so we 